Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. He's a four-time tire rotation champion. When he was a baby, his first words were automatic transmission fluid. Bob's so cool, he has engine coolant running through his veins. And then there's Kyle, also known as premium unleaded. Legend has it that Kyle can change your oil with his toes and that he can tell your tire's air pressure just by how you're walking. He's Bob, he's Kyle, and every Saturday morning they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB. Good Saturday morning to you. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 the numbers to get in and uh, get in early. You know, we don't have the Husker game till later, so we can get that car fixed, get it back on the road so you can make it to your buddy's house and watch well, you got the time football. to put an engine in this morning. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No excuse not to get it done. No, not at all. Absolutely not at all. I'm Bob. Sitting next to me is Kyle, as always. We are uh, Buchanan Service Centers, 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge. Guaranteed brakes, 49th Avenue and Dodge. So on Dodge, stop in, see us. We'll take care of your car. Frosty out there, Kyle. I noticed that um, a few more batteries, battery, battery, batteries kind of trickling in. Those uh, pre-pandemic batteries that sat in the garage and didn't do anything. Or post-pandemic, I guess. Post-pandemic batteries that didn't go anywhere because they... Now it's time to get the sports car out. Yeah. They got a job they could stay We haven't driven it. We haven't done anything with it. No. Well, yeah. (laughs) Batteries go bad on their own, and sometimes you hit a pothole and they're great. Sometimes you hit a pothole and they go bad. But, you know, if you're one of the people that got a job at home and didn't do anything, you might go back and check see what's what's going on. May need a battery. May need a battery. I just see more and more trucks. As soon as it gets just right around that 32 level, it just doesn't – then it just goes down from there. There's you know, It seems like they all kick at a certain time. You, you'll go to 32 and you'll see a wave. Yeah, you can almost set your watch by it. Yeah, and then by the time it gets down to zero, you see another wave, and then by the time first hundred degree day. Yeah, 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 and then as soon as it gets sub zero, you see the second wave. Or you're right, it's uh, Mm -hmm. ninety, and then a hundred, and wave, wave, and then if it's good, it's good. So they almost need to make like an HVAC system for a battery. Just enclose this thing in a box and have it one temperature all the time. Yeah, you know. That would be electrically controlled, and it would probably drain on the battery too. It, it, so well, I don't know that we're really, but the batteries going in the right direction. But you know the ones, the batteries that are inside the the vehicle, and there's there's more and more batteries. They just can't fit them underneath the hood anymore, so they're putting them underneath the seat, behind the seat, back in the trunk area where the. Uh, oh yeah, you'll see those ones go eight nine years. Yeah, yeah, because they're conditioned air, so it's got air conditioning, it's got heat in there. It's the perfect. Um, and it's a great idea. I, I, I've never really seen, and I'm sure that has happened at some point, that a battery's maybe blown up in there, in, sure in the car, happened. but it's it's underneath the seat or underneath something that's not going to hurt anything. So even if it did, it's just going to sound like a balloon popping, and then the car's going to start. So 
Yeah, no but big though, deal there. No, but those batteries continuously last five, six years easily. Yeah. And why wouldn't you? I mean, I wouldn't be happy underneath the hood at 200 degrees on a 100-degree day. You that's park three, it and it's negative 40. Yeah, that's 300 degrees, Kyle. So we, we don't like that. Anyway, that's something to think about. If it's starting to crank slower, uh, get a battery before you end up costing you more. Trying to get a battery. Yeah, you got to get a battery and a jump start, and you've got to make an excuse as to why you were over there and the car wouldn't start. Yeah. Uh, we're going to head over to the calls real quick. Debbie's got a 2002 F-150. Debbie, what's going on today? Good morning. Um, I have got, I've had it about maybe eight or nine years, and it's been a very good truck. Um, I used it for business, and now I'm retired. And now I'm starting to see um, the uh, need for repairs and fairly expensive repairs. So I started looking around because I wanted another um, Ford F-150. And there's just, in in what I want to spend, there's just nothing out there. Mm -hmm. And so um, the first thing I... Want to, I'm going to keep the truck, and the first thing I want to attempt is have my exhaust manifold replaced. Mm. First of all, I had to go to YouTube and see what it was because I had no clue. Right. Um, so I watched a guy uh, replace, take off the bolts, things like that. So I learned what an exhaust manifold was. My first question is, the place that I usually take it to is, it has been very good. However, you know, you always wonder. So I was given two estimates. Um, the first estimate was if they didn't have to replace the bolts. The other one was each bolt that they took off, they were going to have to charge me for. Now, is that a normal estimate for a exhaust manifold? In Nebraska, yeah. Yeah, in Nebraska with all okay. the rust, it, it is. And the way that we bid that is parts, well, if it probably doesn't need parts, um, we'll just bid labor on the job. And, and then we put plus whatever we might have to do beyond that. Because if you're if this is a California truck, um, bolts come in and out, you replace the gasket, call it a day. You, the labor, the book time labor is easy, and it's, you know, it's easy to, figure out what it is but in nebraska we always replace all the bolts we i mean that's when we do that job we always replace all the bolts because is that true okay well okay so when we're going to tighten it back up on a rusty bolt and then we tighten it back up to torque specs and it snaps off now there's a problem now we got to okay. take it all back apart we got to dig it out of there and then we also charge um an x amount for every broken bolt that's already in the in the cylinder head that we got to extract. So that can also, because I'm sure they're busted. I'm sure there's at least two or three that are broken in the cylinder head. Is it making noise now? No. Oh, well, it makes a noise like Exhaust. I have a hole in my muffler. Right, yeah. right. So There's broken bolts. There's broken bolts, and that's why we always replace all the bolts on that. So you start over fresh. The manifold's probably fine. Providing it hasn't rusted away either, but well, sometimes it can. Well, how many bolts are broken, how much time it's had to warp. Okay. you yep. got to get them off. Because he said there was a hole in the exhaust manifold. 
Okay, so yeah, you're getting a new one. Yeah, so you're getting a new okay, manifold. Yeah. Okay. A lot of times, if you buy one of those aftermarket, it'll already come with bolts. Yeah. And so you don't have to worry about that. But um, yeah, you don't want to reuse the old bolts. You're just asking for another repair, either right away or a year down the line, where you got to pull it all apart and and redo all the labor. So you're Perfect. On that truck, it is Perfect. not an easy job. No. The, I think the right side okay. is horrible to do, and the left side isn't near as bad. Real easy when you get the motor the right out. side. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's great. Well, um, the guy that I watched on YouTube, he uh, re, uh, replaced really rusty bolts, so I know what you're speaking of. Yeah. But as I said, I had no clue. I thought it was the uh, exhaust, not the exhaust pipe, but the big thing on the towards the back. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, uh, replacing the bolt's easy. I mean, those are 2 to $4 a piece, so there's no reason not to do it. Um, that's not the majority of the cost of what goes on with that repair. And, uh, yeah, you especially okay. you want to do it once and not have to go back in. Perfect. Well, the underneath of the truck, I mean, I, it's really rusty anyway. Right. So I'm not necessarily questioning that. It's just... Uh, something else I've learned, you know, in my years of living. Well, there's a lot of things like that, too. And some brake jobs, we could could step this over to brakes, too. So we can give an estimate on what the brakes are. But when things are stuck, um, it's just extra labor to get it all unstuck because it rusts up a little bit every day. And over a year's period of time, it's rusted up completely. Okay. Because I need new brakes, too. So that's another issue, which I've replaced in other vehicles. So that isn't as much of a question mm-hmm. uh, as the exhaust manifold was, because I had no clue what that was. Sure. Yeah, not a problem. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time. You bet, Debbie. Appreciate the call. All right, 558-1110 is the numbers to get in so we can answer that question and get you back on the road. We'll be back in a minute. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. We're Buchanan Service Centers, 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, Guaranteed Brakes, 49th Avenue and Dodge. You know, we're kind of talking a little bit of those things that you need to do since it's going to get cold. It's going to get down. It's going to get, what, 32? It's going to get 28, I think, here. So. Yeah, down in the 20s, bringing yeah. those house plants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, just, you know. <laughs> Stick them outside, let them die so you can throw them in the trash. You don't have to do any of that stuff for the next year or something. So, 
I you know, that were the case. Something else, you know, that I see on the cars quite a bit that come in and, and the light's on, but doesn't seem like a lot of people want to work on it or do it is the ABS system, analog brake system. Yeah. They don't, you know, it's a lot of, it's most cars uh, nowadays are, and you didn't used to always be this way, are now separate from the normal brakes. Yeah. So your normal brakes work and then your ABS is on the other side. And I can attest, and I'm sure you can too, is that the ABS system on a car works. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's probably saved me from hitting a few cars over the years, and you're probably the same way. But yeah. So if you got a light on your dash that has ABS on it, and it, and it doesn't, it only works when you when you step on the pedal really hard. And in fact, that's the only time you need it. Panic stop. You, yeah. Panic stop. That's the only time you need it. But you know, when you need it, it works. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, what happens is like is an it, airbag. It's like an airbag. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like you only an, need it one time. Generally. Yeah. And then you get to reload it. It's like a parachute. It, yeah. it is just a, it's just a reverse parachute, isn't it? Pretty much keeps you in the seat. Yeah. So how ABS works is that it 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 uh, microseconds. It'll grab the lock the brakes up and then let them off, and then grab them and let them off, and then that is the most efficient manner to get you stop quicker. Otherwise, everybody remembers long skid marks. Long skid marks all the yep. way to the scene of the crash. Oh, <laughs> yes. And that's exactly where you go, all the way to the scene of the crash. So, just one of those things. And on a lot of cars, when the check engine light comes on, you know, for example, Toyota's, when the check engine light comes on, it disables the traction control, and you'll have a uh, VSA a light on. lights on. Yeah, yeah. Does, you know, yeah, three, four lights on. So, it's you want all that stuff to work. And there's some things that are, why do we have them in a car? It's just too much, and we don't need that kind of stuff. But there's certain things. ABS was a good ad. Go I drive believe. a classic car. You'll find out why we need that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Go drive a classic car with front drum brakes and then step on the brakes hard and, and uh, hold on to the steering wheel first before you do because uh, yeah, you're going to go left lane or right lane. Um, you're going to go in a hurry, too. And a, <laughs> You're going to go in a hurry. All right. 01 Honda Accord. Andrew, what's going on today? Hey, uh, I picked up this vehicle uh, about a year ago. It's no one Accord, and it's got uh, this uh, throttle issue. It's got the IAC idle air control valve acting up, and then I replaced it. And now it keeps pulsing, um, and I'm not sure what to do. I've got a VTEC solenoid that I was going to put in and replace it, and it just seems like everything with this air system is messed up. I checked the sensors, cleaned the throttle body, so uh, by, reset stuff. Been a lot of things. By pulsing, you mean the idle is surging up and down, right? Yeah, going from about one to one and a half, sometimes yep. two, but generally one to one and a half thousand RPMs. Your antifreeze full? Antifreeze is full. Have you bled uh, it out? Is good. Sorry? With these idle systems, and I had one just last week, it takes a very, very long time to bleed these out and get coolant, hot coolant up there to the throttle body. Yeah, cause I mean, it took me probably an hour and a half of running this car. Yeah, and there's coolant hoses going up to there. Yeah. And it's got to get – that's how it knows what the idle is, is that by – there's a – thermostat yeah, kind of like in potentiometer there. Yeah, kind of potentiometer thing. in there. And then if those hoses are cold, then it, it doesn't know what to do. It's trying to and freak out. Its base mode is to surge that idle. Yeah. yeah. So once it gets hot, it's able to close that valve and create your idle. So like yeah. I say, they take a long time to get all the air out of up there. I mean, just shy of putting the system in a vacuum. I mean, it takes a while. 
Yeah, and your VTEC solenoid has nothing to do with that. That is no. strictly run by oil and the yeah. oil in the engine. Um, the only it v- affects your valve train. Valve train and yeah, VTECs you- hardly ever go bad on Hondas. They do, but hardly ever. What they mostly do is leak oil. Yeah, because the, if you yeah. got one that's going bad, then you've You'll really know. been racing this car and putting it to its <laughs> yeah. bases. Well, it's leaking oil, but not antifreeze. Um, and the I'm curious why why do you think there's just air in the the antifreeze system? I yep. mean the cooling system. Yep. Really? How? From what? Well, if you replace that IAC motor, odds yeah. are you had coolant lines off of it. Okay. So, but it was doing this before I replaced that. When okay. I bought it, it was like this. Okay. Hmm. Well, there's so, only like, a check couple the things. Line. So, yeah, you got to have cooling up there. Unless you got a collapsed hose in there. Yeah. You know, it's not getting through. I guess the first place to do is run it and, you know, run it for a while. And as you drive it around, run it and see if those hoses are hot back there on that. Because they should. If coolants, if the upper radiator hose is hot, those coolants and the uh, hoses in the backside should be hot also. Yeah. And if there's not, you might have a reason that's, and I maybe pull the hose off and see if you Maybe get, you don't have flow. You might have not have flow, correct. Okay. But, well, that's something that I haven't been told yet by multiple uh, mechanics that I know. So, uh, interesting. Well, uh, I was like, can, I was like, can you guys fix it? And they're like, well, yeah, probably. And I'm like, all right. And they're like, well, I'm, we're busy. <laughs> well, Honda only does it, and it, there's only two ways to really do this. It's it's either electronic, yeah. and then as right. the car warms up, the the computer says, hey, this is what's going on, and we decrease the idle, mm-hmm. like an yeah. I, you know idler control motor on other vehicles. Or you use the coolant um, that warms up, and then that thermistor tells, "Hey, it's warming up," and it's co- that's the only two ways it works. Yeah, do the codes are the codes helping? I mean, would they be? I mean, I've got one that's a manufacturer control one, and then a idle air control code P five hundred five four twenty, which is exhaust, which I think is just a hole in the exhaust, and then one four five seven for manufacturer control. I'd have to, we're going to have to look through the, all those. I can't remember them off the top. The manufacturer control can be a lot of different codes. Yeah, yeah. Depending on the scanner that you use. Um, a, okay. a, a small scanner will pop up that code all the time, and then some bigger scanners will go specific into what they are. But yeah. Okay. Well, I'll check the, the coolant system because that, that would be uh, something that's relatively simple, just to be patient with it sort of thing as I do it. But right. yeah. that'll work. Right. Thank you. Appreciate All right. it. Sounds you good, can. Andrew. All right. Yeah, those are uh, can be a pain. I agree. Sometimes you got to bleed them. It's like, why is this problem being solved? And and then eventually it just. Yeah, you take your foot off the gas trying to bleed it, and you're like, wow, it's idling now. <laughs> it's not mess with this anymore. No, no. <laughs> Go. Get it back to him. All right. We're going to head over to uh, Anthony. Anthony's got an 05 F-150. Anthony, go ahead. <coughs> Hey, how you doing? Good. Hey, I got an air air conditioning problem that I've been dealing with with this F-150. It's got about 256,000 miles on this truck. Um, The problem that I run into is I can turn my AC on, and it'll go cold like it's supposed to do for, you know, maybe 10, 20, 35 minutes, and then it goes warm. Um, I've had this vehicle looked at by a chain mechanic store, they looked at it and said they couldn't figure out anything wrong with it, but they could gladly replace my whole air conditioning unit. And then I took it to a trusted family mechanic that fr- family and friends have used for years, 
And they took the, the AC unit. They went and looked through it all. So they couldn't find no leak, couldn't find no reason why this is doing that. And they were very, very stumped on what the problem is. Um, one thing that I have noticed is a lot of times when I'm driving this truck and the AC unit's warm, per se, and it's blowing, if I'm on the interstate and I go to pass someone and I see my RPMs rev up to like 3,500, it'll kick back in and start running cold again for a period of time. No one can figure out what's wrong with this, what's, what's wrong with this a, a, AC unit. I plan on keeping this truck for at least another two more years before I look at getting a, another one. And just curious if you guys have any idea what this problem could be. Well, there's a lot of things going on. So let's let's back up to when this thing here. So it sit there idles for if you idle it for half an hour, um, it'll, it'll be cold. And then after that, it turns warm. Yeah, whether okay. I, whether it's sitting there idling or I'm driving down the road, either way, it'll it'll work for a period of time and then it'll just stop and it'll start blowing out warm air. Okay, so and uh, you, you know to... I've had people ride it with me and they're like, you don't have enough uh, uh, antifreeze or or the coolant or whatever that you put in for the AC unit. Yes, it is. It's been topped off and that's been looked at many times and that's not the problem. So there's certain progressions you're going to have to go through. First of all, if we let it sit there and idle. And it idles for 30 minutes, and all of a sudden it goes warm. My first thing is, is the compressor working? Is the compressor spinning? So when it goes warm, is it actually, <laughs> is the compressor spinning, or did it stop? Do, do you know that? Um, from what the what the last trusted mechanic told me, he said my compressor was fine. Um, said that they didn't have any issue with that at all. Um, the only, the only thing that I've been thinking, I don't know enough. I mean, I know enough about vehicles, but AC units is foreign to me. I often wonder, is there like an, another belt that gets that compressor to kick in? No. Um, or, or something that when, when, when I'm at the higher RPMs would cause more torque on a belt to do that? No. It's one belt. That's it. Gotcha. If it's spinning, it's working. So if you gotcha. if you let it run for thirty minutes and then it, it's great and then all of a sudden it turns hot and then if you shut that car off for thirty minutes and come back does it work fine? Um, yeah, it'll, it'll, if I come back and turn it on, it should start working fine. But there's but there's been times where I've driven it and it's warm and I'll go in the house and I might come out 10, 15 minutes later and turn it back on. It'll stay warm. It won't, it won't click back over to cold. But then I drive down the road and out of the clear blue sky, oh, it's blowing cold air again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, um, we got to take a quick break here in a minute. Hang on the line and let's, let's talk okay. about this after the break because there's a fair amount of scenarios we need to go through. And you've got to start at the top of the list at one and kind of move your way on down. And you got to, I mean, that's just the diagnostic side of how you have to figure that out. But uh, we're going to give you some ideas of where to head here. So 558-1110 the numbers to get in. Hang on a second. We'll be back in a minute. All right, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in so we can try to help you fix that car. We're going to head back over to Anthony. Anthony's got an 05 F-150 that air conditioning works and, Anthony, we know it works because you said it works, and it's nice and cold, and it's just fine. Our problem is all after 30 minutes, and it quits. So, right. as I mentioned before, there's a certain amount of progressions that we go through, and the first one is, is the compressor working? Okay? we got to know that. If the compressor is working, um, it, let's just say it's off. Let's go to the fact that it's off. Um, so, after 30 minutes, it goes warm, it's off. 
Okay, now we got to find out why that's off. Do we have a? Do we have ba- power and ground? Do we have power and ground to that compressor? Um, we got a relay that's getting hot and shutting down. Correct. Pressure um, switch. Pressure switch. A, a high pressure or low pressure switch. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's a high pressure switch, and that makes sense to why when you're flooring it down the road and you're going up to twenty five hundred RPM, you got bugs and stuff in your radiator. You're getting five hundred pounds of head yes. pressure. You're shutting down. Yes. So yeah. Well, I know, I know, I know the, uh, I, I know on the Ford F one fifty, if I'm not mistaken, there's like a cooling unit that's like below the radiator, also that primarily um, works with AC unit. Is that correct? Because that's what I was told by uh, well, the one condenser. trusted mechanic that's the same that I knew. Yeah, you got a condenser okay. out underneath the hood, uh, or so yeah. right in front of the radiator. So when you hook these pressures up to it, and what Kyle's saying is, you should have thirty and and one fifty. If you've got it, the high side going to a 500, well, it's going to shut down. It's going to shut down. Yeah, it's going to shut down because it's protecting itself so it doesn't blow up. So Yeah, because one of the things that they did replace, they, they replaced that that particular unit because they, they, they said that um, um, originally they thought because it was an older vehicle and, you know, it, got, it was dinged up and and uh, there was bugs and stuff, you know, that they said, you know, worked their way into, into the little fins and everything like that. And they said, we want to make sure that you're getting 100% right. positive right. airflow on there for cooling. Well, so I actually paid, I, I actually paid, I think it was four or $500 to have that part of the unit replaced. Um, and then they hooked everything back up and you know i picked it up and it was running it was running good until i get you know three quarters away home and then it goes warm right so it still don't work that's what we're boiling down to it still don't work so let's make this simple so when you're when it doesn't work you need to find out underneath the hood if it if the compressor's coming on and the and the hoses and lines are cold and hot okay okay so if they are not cold and hot if the low side's not cold and the hot side is not hot then you've got a problem inside the, you know, underneath and the hood. Excuse me, underneath the hood. With what we're saying, like, there's a big, heavy, fat line and a really thin, small line. Yeah. About the size of a pencil. The thin, small line, that should be really hot. You shouldn't even be able to touch it. The bigger okay. line, that's just going to be ice cold. It's going to be 30, you know, 30, 40 degrees. And if everything yeah, is, they, if, everything they, is if everything like we just said is fine underneath the hood, your problem is inside the car, and inside the car could be a blend door motor. It could be an evaporator that's freezing up, and it's going hot because it can't get air through it. Um, or you could have a H-block valve that's a problem inside there. Mm-hmm. So you've got the first step oh. is the first step is to, is to know whether everything is working and whether everything is working outside. If everything is working outside, it's inside. Okay, if everything is not working outside, and I mean outside but underneath the hood, then you've got a problem underneath the hood with the con- with the controls. So, so here, here's a, here, here's a quick thought I got for you now that you mentioned the inside, um, because the the I had to replace recently the uh, one blower um, that controls you know the uh, one through four knob because those go bad uh, consistently on these F one fifties, and it's behind it's it's like a two bolt a pull-out piece that's behind the glove box itself. I replace that. Um, but if there's another unit that might need to be replaced behind there, the question I have is um, if I'm revving my engine, you know, at the 3,500 mark, would the pressure from that, if it's inside there, would that, would that pressure of the air or whatever passing force that to kick on if it was stuck or if it wasn't working properly? No. No. 
What's your pressure? No. Nope. What's okay. your what's your gauge readings? What's your gauge readings say when that's happening? Have you ever hooked a AC what, what, gauge up to this? No, yeah. I, 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 I have not. I have not. I've not. Okay. I've not hooked a gauge up. So to you got it from that standpoint. I guess I probably. I guess I probably need to. Yep, you do. You got to start with basics because you're you're jumping one from one side to the other to figure. This is not a difficult system. No, it's, it's not. It's it's and every system is like this. So it's you're. This is probably one of the easier systems to work. You're on. getting ahead of yourself. So first of all, when this quits, we got to just stick to the basics, and yeah. it'll be fixed. Because when this quits, so the, so does the, so it, when three, this quits, hang on. When this quits, does yeah. the air conditioning compressor still on or not? Yes or no? Yeah, it's still it's, it's still blowing air. Nope, nope, not what I asked. So when this air conditioning or this quits, when you go out and physically look at the front of the air conditioning compressor, is it on or is it off? You know, I never, I never, I never popped that to to look. Uh, all I, all I can tell you, is, all I can tell you is what the, the 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 one mechanic told me. He said it was it was running. So I guess I'm gonna have to get it to where it's at running, and then pull over and uh, look to see what that's yep. doing. That's well, where you, we need to start. You can already idle it 30 minutes in the driveway and, and answer that question. You don't have to go drive. True, true, true. That's what that's first step. After the first step, call me back. <laughs> we can help you work through the rest. That or bring it down and leave us with us, and we'll fix it for you. One of the two. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. All okay. Right. Hey, thanks. I appreciate you guys' time because it gave me a little bit more knowledge than what I had before. Because yep. like I said before, before I was just kind of like going by what a couple mechanics said and, you know, it, it, it wasn't piecing together to make sense to me is what it boils down This to. is not always easy to just write over the phone because we automatically just go into our progressions. We start at one and go to uh, up to 10 sure. and then we go boom, boom, boom. Do I have this, 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 this? This oh don't have that let's go over there or I got that Ooh, yeah. let's go over there so we gotta a fix ma- what you know is broke first yeah yep and then yep. you can move okay. to the next thing so okay hey thanks you guys you bet yep all right uh, we're gonna head over to Andrew well we're gonna Andrew hang tight for a second Andrew we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll be right back to you. Back. Okay okay we are back. On the Mr. Mechanic Show, we're gonna head straight over to Andrew. Andrew's got an 06 Ram F1, not F150, no. <laughs> Ram okay. 1500. Sorry about that. Howdy. Good. Go hey, ahead, Andrew. That had the Honda a few minutes ago. I uh, got two things on the Ram. Did you tr- uh, one? It overheated when temperature got into the hundreds this summer, and I was like, "All right, what's the deal?" Couldn't figure that out, and. Uh, replace the thermostat and change the coolant and then bled the system with the coolant. There's a special bleeder screw on the top, one of the top hoses. Um, And that just didn't stop it. Whenever it would get hot, it would overheat. Any other normal temperature, you know, 80s, 90s was relatively okay. But when it got way up there, it just, it couldn't handle it. So I don't quite understand why it was doing that. Looking between your radiator and condenser, is there a bunch of leaves and cotton and bugs and debris? debris? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the first place that we're looking, just like what Kyle said, is that um, if you've ever seen the air conditioning outside your house and how much debris and cotton and everything is stuck to the air conditioning outside the house, right? same thing happens to your car. Mm. Same thing so happens to your car. So the simple things first. Yep. yep. So when you're at home and you go out back and see the air conditioning, all that fuzz all over, it's real easy to see because the air conditioning sits right yeah. out there in the open. You pass it four times a day when you're going out to the back, but you can't see mm-hmm. what's going on in between the condenser and the radiator. So you got to pull all that plastic off, 
look down in there, and you'll probably find a nest and and uh, all sorts of crap that's down inside there. Now, on that truck, it's going to be very easy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's two 10-millimeter screws on the top of your radiator. You can take those out. Your condenser actually bolts up separately, if I remember right, and you can just move that radiator back. You don't have to open mm-hmm. the system up or anything, and you can see what's in there. If there's a bunch of leaves and stuff, I mean... Get your garden okay. hose, clean it out. Right. Take it to the car wash, get a pressure washer. Yeah, and uh, be careful putting too much pressure on it so you don't bend the fins oh. over. But even yeah, yeah. even if, you know, I've seen cars that have uh, been driving down the road or on dirt roads will get a lot of impacted dirt in it and sometimes sand in it, even though they don't have a lot of, mm. you know, actual fuzz in it. Um, but it's there's a threshold there, and it seems to be about 95 and yeah, then up. they'll start cooking. And then they'll start cooking. Anything from like ninety, you know, four down below and into the eighties, it'll be fine. You won't have a problem. But it, right. it happens every year. It gets above a hundred. They're just inundated with that kind of stuff. Left so. and right, we got the yeah, garden hose scary. running outside the shop. And you're right, all day. You're exactly right. You got to head back to the basics. It's got to breathe, and it that fan cannot pull enough air through all the the crap that's in there. Yeah, I had to dump all the all the heat into the cab to to keep it from overheating yep. the engine too much. Uh, okay, so the second thing on that is I'm having I think it's from second to third on the on that. Uh, it seems like it slips, and it, it it seemed like I was going crazy at first, but then it replicated itself maybe 15 times. I said, "Is my transmission going out?" And then I looked it up, and that year in particular, it's not the Hemi version; it's just a regular four seven. People said the torque converter goes bad, but, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to that stuff. I just go, do I need to replace the torque converter or look at getting a new transmission at some point or what? You need to have that, uh, leave those codes in the computer and you need to have somebody diagnose it for sure. Yeah. So, okay. There's Generally, you don't just get in there and replace a torque converter. No. Because, I mean, if they're going bad, they're, they're shedding metal. Yeah. And that's going through right. the whole unit and you're going to throw a torque converter in there and. 2,000 miles down the road, then next thing your planetaries are going bad, your frictions are bad. And you're You've got to throwing any codes. Uh, well, it may not. No, but you're able, to, um, you're able to look at the pressures. So when we hook up a scanner, okay. we, we look for codes, and then we also look for certain pressures here in, say, second gear should be this number, and third gear should be this number, and high gear should be this number, and that's what we're looking right. for. So. Let's just say, for example, it should not be going um, past 35, and now this, it, when it happens, it's 105. Okay, well, there's right. there's our differentiation, and that's you know, usually that will check a code or send a code, but not all the time. No, that's it, an earlier model. I mean, it may. Yep. But, but you're right. Very, you know, Kyle is exactly right. If you're just going to hang a torque converter, it's it's – creating metal shards on the inside and it's heading straight into the transmission and pumping it all around anyway yeah, it's the only way a torque converter yeah, is going to fail sure. they are yeah. electronic in any way it's all mechanical it's all yep. metal spinning if it fails it's shedded metal there's yeah. no two ways about yeah. it yeah yeah and you, you're taking a 50 50 chance and spending all that time and labor to hang one just on the other side to ah, that didn't work and it's too much. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're better yeah, off that's paying a somebody. Job than I'm yeah, you're better off willing to tackle. Yeah, you're better off spending the money to have somebody diagnose it and make the correct decision I mean, versus just hang something like that. And you know, yeah, you could 
put you're a at, shift solenoid in it and solve the problem. I yeah. mean, you yep. just got to kind of look into it. It could be a very easy fix. Yep, exactly. All right. Uh, what, sorry, I did not catch uh, where you guys are located. I heard three locations, but what what a uh, mechanic service? What's we, your uh, business called? We're Buchanan Service Center, 50th and Dodge, okay. 80th and Dodge, and we do guaranteed brakes at 49th Avenue and Dodge. So we do oh. brakes there, suspension, undercar. Um, we do everything but body work, and we'll hang a fender here gotcha. and there too. So, yeah. See that? That uh, bit of advertising was uh, not even set up by you guys. I yeah, just no. Did that voluntarily. No, no problem. <laughs> if you need some more help, stop in or call. Thank you so much. You bet, you bet Andrew. All right, Kyle. That sounds like another week is gone by. An hour went by quick. Yeah. Hope yeah. the rest of the days this way. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Absolutely. It's time to go watch some football this afternoon. I'm Bob. Kyle. We'll see you next week. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com.